Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests. And today we talk to, and I use the name Dr. G because everybody calls her like that. She's a physician, expert in research and drug development, strategist with focus on relationships and financial freedom. This person has a lot to offer. She's a Pakistani-American and again, lovingly called Dr. G by her patients, followers, and clients. Do I need to say more? Introduce yourself and what have you missed on this? Hello. Hi, Suzanne. Hi to your audience. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. And yes, you said it correct. I'm lovingly called Dr. G. My, I have a long name, which sometimes it is difficult to pronounce. But my first name is Ghazala, G-H-A-Z-A-L-A. And I am a physician by profession. I'm in drug development. I'm trying to find new cure for diseases like cancer. I work for a large pharmaceutical company, but I share most of the time my message to the world that life is beautiful. It is only a one-time happening. I believe that. But no matter how much it goes, ebbs and flow, it's still very beautiful because just look around. It is a beautiful world. Look at the sun and the moon and the sky. I'm not saying this just because of saying, just for the sake of saying. I'm saying it because I totally, in my heart, I believe that. I had an incident in my life which actually steered me into this direction. I was very lucky that I didn't give up on life. Me and my dad, we were best friends. He was a dad I wish every girl should have, could have, would have. Because I say to a lot of my friends that if you don't have a dad like mine, there is no fun in being a daughter. He passed on about 35 years. He still is my best friend. He taught me a few things about life that the resilience a human being have, how we have this personal power that we can push through no matter what life throws at us. If we have our focus and if we truly mean to achieve something, no matter what's going on around us, we can still break through that barrier, just look straight through and just achieve what we want with all the hard work and focus which is needed. He passed away just with a sudden heart attack. It was in October 1984. One night, he had a phone call with a huge business loss and he started coughing. And then in, in seconds, he was gone. I was so lost that I still remember people talking at his funeral that keep an eye on Ghazala. She may die. But for me, the person he saw in me for me, it was very important to cultivate that person. 
It was very important because that was the only way I could honor him. The all that in those few short years we were together, that was the only way that I could actually give anything back to him by just keep going on. He wanted me to be, be a physician. I didn't want it to be one. I wanted to be a makeup artist. I wanted oh, wow. to have a spa. <laughs> he let me actually get trained in that too. But his focus was that as a young woman, medicine has a very reputable, maybe he knew by God may have sent this thought to his mind that maybe he won't be there for a long, long time. I have to steer the whole family. I have to take care of an older sister and a younger brother because my mom also passed on five and a half years after my dad died. It was just, should I say a mess? I didn't see it like a mess, but my hands were definitely very full. When your fathers didn't agree for you to have a spa, but as a medical doctor, you're creating that for others. You're making them feel comfortable. It's maybe not your spa treatment that you get. Yes. It's treating others that they are comfortable and happy and relieved from the stress. True, true. That is true. What I'm saying is also that he didn't stop me from enjoying that also because I got some certifications on that too. So it was not that. So he was not one of the dad. And this is my message to all parents. Please talk to your kids. Please talk to them. Because they are not just whenever you talk to your children, just remember how you were when you were at that age. Because they don't understand everything. If you don't, if you will not take time to talk to talk to them, they will talk to somebody else. And that somebody else may not be their best friend or will be somebody who will going to have the best interest for your children. In 2000, August 23rd, I was very lucky that I was working in psychiatry in Pakistan. I was actually in Pakistan Navy as a physician when I resigned from there and I came to US. And I was offered fellowship position, research fellowship position in neuroscience and where, where I, I actually see, saw that how our neurology and neuroplasticity, how our brain functions and how it is instrumental that if how to make good use of it, the correct use of it, it is such an asset that I recommend everybody try to use your brains in the most efficient ways. And I was telling Suzanne before we started talking that I am a big fan of Albert Einstein. But on the other hand, I also feel that Einstein was not no, nobody special. He was a genius because he knew how to use his brain, use it effectively. We all give up too soon. Oh, how so? Tell us more about that. This is an interesting concept. I have seen a lot of times, and it happens to me also sometimes, we are all human, that when the going gets tough, we have a tendency to either, there are two things, either we'll give up or we are also very adamant in our ways of doing things. Tony Robbins has said this uh, very beautifully. He says that you have to have like very adamant about your goals, but you have to be very flexible in how you're going to achieve those goals. We all should learn how to accept when something is not working and try to find which is working and not mm-hmm. have this ego that, okay, this was my process. It should work. Sometimes our processes don't work. We have mm-hmm. to find some other processes which we're going to, because if our goals are, are dear to us, if our goals are something which, some things which actually going to is valuable, it's, it's something the, the way we see our lives, our futures, we should be very flexible in how to achieve mm-hmm. our goals. 
Yeah, that's true. And Tony Robbins also said, change your story. You can be depressed and I'm the worst person. Well, change your story. Do something. It's not that we're just waiting that something is coming. Yes. And on your story, thank you for bringing that up. When I first moved to US, I made a lot of American friends and I had a very dear friend who was doing fellowship and research too with me. One time he said, you speak so highly about the creator and you value life so much, but your creator is somebody, he was somebody who didn't believe in the, like a higher self or somebody. He said that your creator was the one who actually took your parents. I said, yes, he did, but he was the one who gave it to me, them too. And he <laughs> said, what does that mean? And I said, because I value that I was not born in one of those war zones. I was not born in Africa. I didn't die of hunger. So many things to be grateful for. <laughs> and whenever we actually operate from a position of great, being grateful, a lot of day-to-day -day stuff doesn't bother us that much. That's how we can create. Life is beautiful. What I see a lot of people think we can just buy it with money but we have to create it and be happy with what we can do and have and it's not about having another handbag or another pair of shoes it's about creating that beauty in life very true very true and like you and i we both agree that breaking through those barriers achieving a next milestone is all what actually matters somebody giving us something in the silver platter how long we'll be happy with that Actually, I can say I've run many marathon races and it's, I have trained for it. I was proud what I was able to achieve. Exactly. But then the next day comes and something else happens. We see a lot of people who set their goals. If I have a million dollars, then I'm happy. Well, then they have the million dollars and are they happier? No. no. They're even more depressed than before. Yeah. And, and then there, there was another very funny thing, which my dad taught to me, the million dollar thing. He used to say that, look, never be very proud of your money unless you give more than half of to the other person. He used to say that never be actually jealous of somebody else who has more money than you unless they give more than half to you. So, you know, <laughs> in my life, it is just that I'm very, very content. I'm doing very well financially. But on the other hand, I also, when people talk about their millions, I change and I say, okay, what else do you have to offer? Are, are we only going to talk, talk about the million dollars you have? And especially when they speak and then they don't have like, they don't use their, how would I say, their personal power or they don't have the, the communication is that they're not, they cannot engage in some meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. Then I don't think that the million dollars are any longer impressive. Can you buy happiness and health mm -hmm. with your million dollars? You mm -hmm. see it as a doctor, I'm sure. No, no. I, I see on cancer patients. Mm. They are willing to give everything. And, and I also, for your audience, this is like a thought which I always try to bring it to the surface is that, and it's personal observation. In my research, when patients come, I can tell that who will survive and who will not. They have this attitude. Some of the patients, they're coming terminally ill, but they come to me and they say, okay, Dr. G, this drug may not help me, but I'm doing this as a service to humanity. And they, they have a life expectancy. I see more than what we thought that they will live. It is just like so consistent. And some people were fussing and fighting. And please don't take me wrong. Cancer is not an easy disease. It's not an easy diagnosis. I understand 
but I'm just saying that how different the, the, the attitude towards your illness makes such a difference. Our attitude towards anything makes such a difference that it can, we can most of the time turn things around in our favor. I just want to say two things. So thank you so much for all the research you're doing for the cancer patients and for the others. We want to cure the cancer. And I'm wondering, how do you cope with, you have the cancer patients always in front of you and you have to say, sorry, this is the stage four, stage five. You cannot do anything for me. How do you cope on a personal level? And that goes into the question that I always ask, what do you do when you don't work? How do you rejuvenate and how do you recharge your batteries in order to work with such a difficult population? I, I admire you, I have to say. I, I don't know if I could do that. No, you're right. It is very hard, especially I cannot share more information. Mm-hmm. But there are a few patients with young kids. One, one of my patients, she herself was 40 years old and she had a disabled daughter. Nobody else. And she had to go. It was, it was very difficult for me. And as a human, it was very difficult. But then when I go back to my grateful corner, and I also believe that all our paths are written. A lot of people, when somebody passed on, we die, we complain, we, but do we know how will we end? We don't. It is either I had so much control over my own life and how will that end that I can say, okay, poor them that they had to go this way. That gives me some comfort that we are all here for a little amount of time. It's just like, it is not very long. Even if somebody lives for more than 100 years, it is still not very long. I always go back to my faith. I always say, okay, I say a prayer for them, for the comfort, for the family. If I can do anything for their family after the fact, which I do sometimes if they allow me to. But other than that, I always also say that this is how it was written for them. I tried my best. Another thing which I live by is if I do coaching also. I'm actually certified by Tony Robbins and Chloe Medanis. I have done RMT. When people come to me and they say, it, it is so funny, Suzanne, that, and you're a coach yourself. I don't know if we have ever some 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 of these people came to you <laughs> saying that every wife who comes, she want me to fix her husband. <laughs> and the husband want to fix their wife. And kids want to fix their parents. I just believe that because when people tell me that they have done everything, I don't believe in that. Because it's only us. We can say we know whether that if we have done our best or not. So for my patients, once I have done my best, then after that, I just say, that is all I could do. I did my best as a human for another human, and I cry. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just move on to another patient because there is so much more I can do. But but you're right, it is very difficult. Thank you for sharing. It's very difficult. And obviously, you're the doctor, you're the scientist, but when we lose a loved one, it feels like it's even harder because it's our emotions That's why it's very hard for the people who are in that field. If you are like a gynecologist, you see all the babies and happy moments. And But if you're treating cancer patients, it's very difficult. I never wanted to go into oncology research. But then somebody told me that you have a very good focus. 
somebody has to do this work. So please, because I'm a very happy-go-lucky type of person, like babies, gynecology, pediatrics. But then I said, okay, I only get to live one time. There, There are sad stories, but Suzanne, there are so many happy stories too. Like so many patients did so well, their, their, their cancer went into remission. So many of drugs have been approved by FDA. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, okay, so there is next time if there is a, there is a sarcoma patient, they have this hope, which I worked so hard for. It, it's a mixed and match for everything. But uh, some very dear friend, she told me this more than 10 years ago, somebody has to do this work, Azala. Why not you? Awesome. So I'm just keeping on, keeping on. That's all I can say. Wow. Thank you so much again. You, Dr. D, you're the one who was called to do this work, and we're very happy to have you. But still tell us what you do when you don't work. I like poetry. I go for long walks. I'm a very avid traveler. And if this interview was yesterday, my nie- my 11-year-old niece was here. And because she has a fall break, I have a niece and two nephews, all under 11. And so they come, they hang out here. My brother lives not too far from here. There's not much time left when they're here running up and down. I like to travel, as I said. What is your favorite destination? So my destination is always to go back home, Pakistan, (laughs) which I don't get a chance to. When I first came, I wanted to go every year, but that is not always possible. But so long. I I was there uh, in May uh, this year. And then from there, I went to Saudi Arabia for a very short trip, about eight days. And I go London a lot because my mom loved London. And actually, my mom conceived me when she was in Italy. So I have a really soft corner for the West, like those <laughs> those uh, destinations. And I've gone to Thailand a lot because we go as a group. We wish you safe travels. But I thank you so much for all the insights you were sharing with the listeners. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And bye to your audience. And please, no hard feelings. I hope that something makes sense to you. What are you taking away? Thank you so much for a lovely conversation. Life is beautiful. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday. Get to know interesting people, people who donate their time to make other lives more beautiful. And Take It From The Iron Woman is also the book. Take It From The Iron Woman, Global Business Coaching with Sports Parallels. Thank you for your support and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.